Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Isn't It Lovely podcast, the podcast that seeks to shine a light on all that is lovely. I am Rachel. And I am Tracy. And today we have the greatest treat for you guys. We had Jessica Merchant from the popular blog, How Sweet Eats, on the show today. We got to talk about her life, how she got started in this field, and her three best-selling cookbooks that she has out. Absolutely. We talk about her creativity. So many things. We know you guys are going to love this episode. We also want to say a very special thank you to Flyboy Donuts. You can find them at flyboydonuts.com. They are our sponsor. We absolutely love them. We're so excited for you guys to stay tuned for the ad break for a very special code exclusive to Isn't It Lovely listeners. Thank you, Flyboy. Jessica, thanks for being with us this morning. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. How did you get started in what you're doing now? You started as an administrative assistant and now you've got a couple best-selling books. You've got this amazing food blog. Can you just walk us through the trajectory of how did that happen? Sure. <laughs> so um, I like found myself in a job that I just... It was horrible. It was like everything I didn't want it to be. Um, I knew from a very early age that I never wanted to be sitting behind a desk. I don't know why. You know, I have no idea why I had that. But even like in my eighth grade yearbook, I said, like, I want to be a writer. You know, I knew that I never wanted like a traditional nine to five sitting in an office job. And that is where I found myself. And literally the first day, what was like promised to me and what I was told I'd be doing. I mean, I walked in there and they had absolutely no plan. It was, it was like actually scary. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing here. So I had a lot of time to sit on the internet because it, I did kind of become, the plan was never to be like a secretary or administrative assistant, but that is pretty much what I was, sort of like a glorified secretary, just sitting at this desk on the computer all day. And I don't know if I really came across food blogs. I had no intention of starting a food blog. I wanted to start like a lifestyle blog, but those didn't really exist at the time. I think looking back now, I can say that's probably what I wanted to start. I wanted to talk about like everything that I loved. And, you know, we, I was newly married. I just thought, oh, it'd be so fun to like sit here and like do an online diary. But I mean, I was stuck in this job, you know, working from nine to five. My husband worked even longer. And I'm like, I don't have a life to write a, a lifestyle blog. You know, we didn't have kids or anything. And I'm like, I don't know what I would write about. So I kind of just, the first few t posts I think I wrote, whatever, maybe old stories or something. But then I started just like talking about what I would make for dinner because we were newly married. I think we hadn't even been married for a year. And I was, you know, I felt like, oh my gosh, I am like making these meals. That I always like to cook, but I come from a very long line of like mom and grandma home cooks who were always cooking. So my mom was never like, oh, come help me in the kitchen. Um, I mean, sometimes they helped her, but she really like made dinner every single night for our family of five. So it was like my time to every day I could like experiment and, you know, make these recipes. And that's just kind of how it started. I just, and then I discovered that there was like a whole community. And I soon discovered probably within like a month or two that there was like a community of people, like they were making money. Like they were doing it as, I had no idea you could make money. I had no idea that like it could become a job. And I think, it kind of, I was like, oh my gosh, this could be like my way out of this job, which I literally was at for probably like two weeks. I mean, I was not even there, you know, long. And I'm like, I need to get out of this, but I didn't want to end up, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And, you know, come from like a pretty traditional family. My husband, my dad was like 
well, that's why it's called work. You know, nobody likes their job. This is just how it is. Not like, it wasn't that they weren't supportive, but they were like, you know, you just started, you know, this is what work is. You're an adult now. Like you get up every day and you go to work. And I'm like, oh, this is awful. So yeah, I just started talking about what I made, for, what I would make for dinner, talking about stuff like that. And that's kind of how it started and just grew. And I was able, it was very different back then. I wouldn't say it was more lucrative, but I guess it wasn't, um, it wasn't as saturated and there weren't as many revenue streams, but I was able to leave that job well before a year. Wow. Well before I was in it for a year. And that I was just, my income with the blog had, was reaching what I was making. So, but no one felt comfortable, including me, you know, leaving. I still think today everyone's like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, <laughs> Jessica, you I know? think similar to Alexander Hamilton, could we say you wrote your way out? I think that we could <laughs> say that you wrote your way out of that job. Did, so would you say it was almost like a lightning in a bottle moment, Jess? Like just the way the timing of everything was that you obviously had the talent and you had content and a voice that people related to, but was it just that magic? Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Um, It was, nothing has ever felt I realize that saying this now, it seems like, oh my gosh, you were able to leave your job in a year. Nothing for me has ever gone viral, if that makes sense. You know, never. Nothing ever went viral on Pinterest. Nothing ever. And when I, I mean, sure, I've had recipes that have been crazy popular, but there was never one thing that like shot me to where I am now. Like it was a very smooth, you know, slow uphill, like curt, you know, up and downhill. So I do think that um, it all happened for a reason. I mean, I absolutely love what I do. I'm like, so I could like cry every day that this is what I do. I'm just so grateful, you know, because like the older I get, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to do this. And yeah, it's just been, it's just been incredible. You know, I love that so much. And I think back to when we were all in sixth grade, the jobs that we're doing today didn't exist then. Like exactly. what's, what's a podcaster, a radio show or, <laughs> you know? Hey, yeah. Well, I mean, when I started my blog, there was no Instagram, there was no Pinterest, there were not even like Facebook fan pages. Um, I'm sure that podcasts were starting, but I don't think I was really listening to them. So there was none of that. And it would be years before that stuff even came, you know, to fruition. So Wow. Yeah. Okay, because you just said that, I really want to ask this. So when you started, it was all about blogging, right? And Instagram, yeah. I think it's, was Instagram around or starting to get no. off? No. no. Okay. Instagram did not. I think was Instagram 2011. Gosh. I think. I don't even know. It did Jessica. not exist. It did not. And when it did first exist, it was iPhone only. And right. you know, not ever. It wasn't even like Android or whatever. So, and I think I still like had a Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't we all? Oh my God. So, okay. My question for you then, Jessica, is as you're doing this and as all these new mediums start springing up and now we have, you know, I can't even keep track of them and we can't keep track of them as a podcast. We're like, should we be on that? We don't know. How did you evolve in starting as a blogger? And then as these mediums kept coming up, how did you teach yourself? Did you teach yourself? How did you manage all of that coming at you again? Yeah, I've, taught myself everything, especially photography, which to this day is still my least favorite part. I photography stresses me out. I do not enjoy it. I do not like it. But you know, especially with food, it was such a big part 
of the draw for people, you know, like they will come to the beautiful photos first. So yes, I taught myself everything. Um, and I didn't have kids for over seven years, you know, the first seven years. So looking back now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I had so much time, you know, to learn, like I had a ton of time because I do get a lot of people that ask me now that maybe you want to start a blog or start an Instagram account or start something. And maybe they have young kids or they're looking to bring in like a revenue stream where they can stay at home. And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't think I could do it if I had kids. You know, I never would be where I am. I never would be where, you know, it wouldn't have happened so quickly. I literally dedicated every waking moment, like never a day off, never a moment off, every waking moment I was working on it. So, um, but I loved it too. It didn't feel like work, you know, it didn't feel like it. So um, it probably wasn't until I think things got really big with video. And I don't even mean TikTok. I mean, like before TikTok, just when people wanted like food videos, that it really started to like pile on because you can't take one thing away. Like you just had to keep adding on. So, you know, you had to be able to still, you know, do the blogging, write the blog posts, you know, take the pictures, but now you have to shoot a video and you really can't take the photos and the video at the same time. And then you have to, you know, put that all together. And then we have Instagram and now we need shorter videos and stories and posts and, and like pictures have to be a certain size for Pinterest, like crazy. So it just all adds on, you know, it just, that's the only frustrating thing where I think you couldn't really, you can't take something away. I think the thing that fell off for me was like, was Twitter. I don't think I've tweeted like since I had kids, you know, that was where like I could let go of something. That's what happened to spot to go. Absolutely. Well, and I want to go back to your community for a second here, Jessica, too. Your community is over. And I say this as somebody who has been a, a longtime reader and, and joyful fan, um, but it's such a, it's such <laughs> a, you. you are so welcome. It is such a, it's such a warm and, and positive and beautiful place that you have cultivated. And there's just something by the nature of the work you do, creating food and experiences that is very nurturing and very comforting. And um, I want to say just a quick little apology and trigger warning here for pregnancy loss. We, my husband, and I personally had gone through a number of pregnancy losses. And during that time, reading your blog was part of my daily ritual. And it was such a source of comfort to me when everything else felt, I felt very unmoored in life at that time. And yeah. again, no, no pressure to you, Jessica, <laughs> but just your community and your site was just a source of, of comfort. And I would look forward, I'd be like, oh, it's Tuesday. It's a Tuesday things post. And for those who don't know, you yeah. soon will, but Jess always does a, a delightful uh, roundup of things on Tuesdays. And it just was this constant in my life that was this source of positivity. And I wanted to say personally, thank you so much. And I'm oh. sure that's wasn't the point of what you were doing, but maybe a latent effect of it. So this long story to say, have you ever had an encounter with a, a reader or has somebody ever reached out to you? Have you had an experience where you've made a difference in somebody's life in a way that surprised you outside of creating beautiful and delicious homemade food? Uh, well, thank you so much for saying all that because I feel that way about certain, you know, websites or accounts too that maybe I've loved again since like 2008. Um, so that really means a lot to me. And that's, you know, I don't like intend to do that, but I think that's why I like to keep the consistency. And 
there's not really one moment that I can pick out, but I have had a lot of moments like that, whether it's when I'm like doing a book signing or someone sending me an email or, you know, someone like a a guy emailing me being like, I'm going to propose to my fiance and this is what I'm going to make. And can you send a video and, you know, like little things like that. Um, it is crazy. Cause I, I'm like, are you serious? Like me? I don't know. <laughs> but I love that, that it brings, you know, a comforting feeling. Cause a lot of stuff I haven't changed. I mean, I feel like I've always been myself and it can almost be to a fault. Yes. I've changed. It's kind of like a coming of age story. People have grown, like I started this in my early twenties. People have grown up with me. We've grown up together, you know, but a lot of it I have kept the same, which I think some people think it would be a detriment to them. I don't think that way. It's still, you know, been very lucrative for me that I don't think that um, a lot of people moved away from like long form blogging and just went to Instagram or, you know, just do TikTok. And this is what I love to do. I don't really want to change it. So I just keep doing it. I love that. And I was reading an article just based on what you just said. It reminded me, I was reading an article that you had done or that you had been interviewed in. And you had said, when you started writing these cookbooks, you were like, oh, should I change my voice to like sound more professional? And your editor said, no. Like, and you said to them, you know, my readers come for the recipes, obviously, but they really come for my writing and, and just my, maybe your humor, your personality. So my question is, I'm kind of a, a backseat writer sometimes. I love writing. Was writing always a part of who you were growing up or did that just spring from the blogging? Absolutely a huge part. I lived as a child to read and write, but I really got away from it. I feel like probably once I got into high school and, you know, activities and just doing fun things. And I don't know, I I kind of left, never reading, but the whole writing part, I kind of left that aside. Even to a point where like, I remember when I was applying to colleges, my parents like, aren't you going to like, look into like English or journalism or literature? And I'm like, no, like, why would I do that? You know, and thinking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just such an idiot that I didn't, you know, do that. But so I did leave it in the dust, but it has always been a huge thing for me. Um, But I don't, I know this can be frustrating. I don't necessarily like try to, I wasn't trying to write well. I was kind of more just writing like I was talking to friends, writing like a journal, writing, you know, like I was talking to a group of people, especially that first year. And then as things continued, because I loved it so much, it was like a creative outlet for me. You know, it was a way to express myself. And that's something I never, I didn't really change. I never really changed. You know, I never got into writing for SEO. I never like, and, and like, people, you know, people are like, you're an idiot. It could be, you know, so much bigger, but I just, I couldn't do it. I want, I have to do what I love or like, I just won't do it. You know, <laughs> like I just, it's, I don't know if it's a stubborn personality trait or if it's just, you know, I'm very passionate about the things I love and very uninterested in the things that I do. You know, I love that. I don't know. I think it actually could be a strength too, Jessica. Just like when you know yourself so well, it's like, why am I going to fight against this? Like, I know I'll be able to continue to show up consistently if I just stay true to this part. So I'd argue it's a strength. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So related to that, when your passion is your 
career. We know sometimes that can maybe lead to a little bit of creative burnout. We know that you're a busy mom. You've got a lot of things going on. How do you continue to keep your creative well full so you can continue to show up so consistently and so authentically when your passion is your job? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, it has definitely changed because so the first half I didn't have kids. And now, you know, this last half I have had kids. So I think the biggest thing is I'm always very consistent and have a routine, but I also have like very strict boundaries, mostly with myself. I feel like what in today I know boundaries is a big buzzword. And I think a lot of times people talk about it in regards to other people, you know, set boundaries with this family member or friend. But for me, um, I have a lot of work boundaries, a lot of personal boundaries with myself. So for years, I've followed like a block scheduling, you know, um, type of work for myself. So for instance, I'm going to test recipes on a certain day. I'm only photographing on this day. I'm only, you know, I've kind of like stacked the front of my week. And I have always done that even since before I had kids. Obviously, I had a lot more like flexible time, you know, before I had kids. But that has definitely helped me because... It allows me to, you know, do my work, do it in the best way possible, but still have the time off, like during the day when I need it or get ahead enough that my time is flexible and still enjoy the benefits of working for myself. With having kids, I think my priorities definitely changed, especially once I had the second and the third, because I could really still do it full on out when I had the first. When I had the second, I was like, oh my gosh. When I had the third, it was like, I have no time at all. Like, but, I so you know, my scheduling, just my boundaries with myself and my personal time had to become even more important. And it's not about being, um, it's not about being like strict or structured or being restrictive in any form of my life. It's just like that boundary and that routine sets up for success. And I am so obsessed with my family and my kids, which I know sounds crazy. Cause like, of course, yes, you think that like, you're going to have kids. Of course, you're going to love your kids. From the like the minute I had my first son, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so obsessed with them. And I still am that like they, I know are like the most important thing in my life. And so much of my identity, because I started this in my early twenties and it was, you know, just your online identity kind of became your brand. I mean, it still does today. And that was, that was my identity. Just because I didn't, you know, I didn't have kids. I didn't even have nieces or nephews. I had all the time in the world to do whatever, go on trips. And now, you know, there's definitely been like a shift for me. I love my job, but you know, like I'm, my life is so full and I just feel so grateful and happy that there's almost not even an opportunity for burnout. You know, I have those boundaries where there's, I know that like I have downtime in certain days and I know what I need to do. And that routine and that schedule just really allows me to be super creative and super flexible. And I am the type of person where I feel like the more time I take off, I like lose creativity. So, you know, if I was to go like take a month off, even like two weeks, I feel very down and not creative and not inspired. So. You know, working for me isn't always like, oh my gosh, I'm in the kitchen cooking 24-7. There's different ways I feel like that, you know, inspire my work. 
That's incredible. I just feel like you gave a lot of us uh, creatives like framework of, hey, this is so fun, but you can get burnt out if you do not set proper parameters and have it in its correct place. So I love that you said that. Thank you so much to our sponsor this month, Flyboy Donuts. Family and locally owned, Flyboy is collectively one of Tracy's and my number one stops throughout the week because quite frankly, we cannot find an event or a moment that is not made better with a donut. It is so true. And I think all of our kids would agree. Absolutely. And the game changer for me is actually the drive through locations, Rachel, where you can get in and get out without having to get out of your car. And I also love ordering those custom boxes with the names that you can make for birthdays and events. It is amazing. Absolutely. And right now they've made an exclusive offer to Isn't It Lovely listeners when you use the code LOVELY20 now through February 6, 2024. All you have to do is go to flyboydonuts.com to get 20% off all orders over $20. So now's the perfect time to get those custom orders in. Go to flyboydonuts.com and use the code LOVELY20. Thank you, Flyboy. Something that you said that um, kind of answered one of our questions that we had for you is you're online, you're sharing your life, you're sharing your family, you're sharing food. How, and that word boundary, how do you set boundaries in honoring your family um, and what you do share when people feel like, for example, we feel like we know you because we looked at you know right. your page and we've been, Rachel's been following you for over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. So how do is, you do that? Is, what is the balance? I know. It is funny because I feel like the balance has definitely changed. Sometimes I I was like a major overshare in my 20s and my 30s. So I feel like the only change has been me just growing up and getting older. I mean, I wrote out my birth stories and my pregnancies like down to the like itty bitty detail and it is still on my blog. So sometimes when I'm like oversharing with friends, I'm like, well, this is nothing because my entire life was on the internet, you know, before I was, you know, 37. So I think that really any shift has just been my time, the, my lack of time from having a big family and um, my age. I actually wish that I shared more, um, you know, on Instagram. I'm really not big on TikTok, but I, I might, and I might get into that now that, you know, I'm out of this baby has now two, and I feel like the fog has lifted I have more clarity. I have more time. I think that I will go back to that. But I just think thankfully because of my age and I feel like I'm very down to earth, like parents and family that I, I could never share something super personal. You know, I could never, I'm not, I mean, I know I talked about my birth stories, but that was almost more of like a diary for me. You know, I'm not going to share my child having a tantrum or a meltdown or somebody else's health issues or something like that. So I think it is like my age has helped me, you know, (laughs) I've grown, I've grown over what I used to share 15 years ago. We're just nodding and laughing in agreement yes. because also same. <laughs> yes. Age, I mean, age brings wisdom. And we love getting older. <laughs> have, have you, have you loved getting older? I mean, have you loved like as every stage I know is wonderful, but I mean, is yeah. this just one of your happiest times of life right now? Would you say? It, I, I think this all the time. It is the happiest time of my life. I can't. And I had people in my life and my friends. I, I, I remember somebody telling me when I was in my twenties, Oh, like, when your 30s and your 40s are just the best time of your life because your your career is more established. You know, you might have money to travel more. You have a family. And it's so true. Um, and I really think, I, I never thought that I'd be a working mom. And I, th- I know that that can be a controversial statement, but I, I mean that my mom stayed home with us. She worked until she had me. She was a teacher. 
And then she stayed home. And I never really knew what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to work in the office, in an office. And I didn't know that I was going to do this. And having this and doing this and it, it being, you know, a full-time career makes me a better mom. And I never expected that. It makes me a better mom. Like I have something that takes a lot of focus and time. And I feel like that even allows me to enjoy these moments even more. You know, sure, there are definitely times where I was like, oh, I wish that I was just, you know, strictly a stay-at-home mom and just, you know, that was, this is my only responsibility because it is a lot of work, but it definitely makes me a better mom. I love that so much. And I also have to briefly quote a few of your accomplishments back to you, Jessica, which I think, again, are things that you maybe never could have dreamed of or or you did dream, but didn't know they'd become a real reality. So I was talking with Tracy about this, like walking into Target and Barnes and Noble and seeing your name on bestselling cookbooks. I have pulled up on my yeah. phone. Okay. This is the time where I confess to the entire internet. Is it pronounced Elin or Ellen Hildebrand? Is it Elin or Ellen? It's Ellen. Okay. Ellen. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. I probably should have done this prior to our recording, but you've developed recipes for uh, Ellen Hildebrand book and we're huge That's readers over like here. the coolest thing I've ever done in my life because I've been such a bookworm, like such a lover of reading. It's like my favorite thing in the world. When she asked me to do that, I mean, I was like on the phone with my mom in five seconds. I'm like, you will not believe this. Like, it was the coolest thing, like by far cooler than my own cookbook. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, because to me, that is like the highest level of celebrity. Oh I'm my like, gosh. Okay. So I don't know about this, Jessica. Can you say what? So Ellen called you and said, can you develop a yeah, recipe? Somehow we kind of started an online friendship. I think it's funny that I've deserted Twitter or whatever it's called now, because I think I tweeted about one of her books very early on. So maybe in like 2010, maybe I was reading it and I think she started following me and then we would just like, I mean, I was dying. I think I called my mom and she started following me. You know, that's like how excited I was to me. I was like, oh my gosh. And then we would just chat back and forth. I think that I asked her to blurb my first, first book and then definitely my second book. Um, Or maybe she asked me in between. I don't remember, but we had a little bit of a relationship. So she had, you know just said, would you, this is the book I'm writing. It's blah, 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 blah. Will you, you know, would you like to, you know, develop the recipes for it? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. So yeah, that okay. was, I feel like that's the coolest thing I've I've ever done. That is really amazing. I have read so many of Ellen's books because they're just like a beautiful, I just, you feel just relaxed when you're reading him. It's just, I just read yeah. the Nantucket series. I can't remember what it's called. The one up in, well, she does a lot in Nantucket. I think it's Hotel oh, Nantucket. Yes, the Winter Street. So good. So good. Oh, oh bless you, Ellen, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. That was another thing that we connected with you on, Jessica, is just your love for reading. Uh, oh. Jess, or Rachel and I love, I almost called you Jessica. <laughs> I would be honored. <laughs> Rachel and I, we'd always say to each other, we love reading so much, but with we have three kids too. We do. Um, I have three, Rachel has three, so six between us. And they're all similar age to you, Jessica, your kids. And we remember saying to each other, we love to read, but we're not reading because we're so 
we're drowning in the best way in babies and all these things. Again, such a blessing. But then we got back into reading and we just have not been able to stop. We're just devouring. And so when we're looking at your book list, we were like, we're reading a lot of the same books. (laughs) I love it. I think for me, reading has all, it's always been an escape. Um, It's always just like, whether I'm anxious about something or I'm bored or I'm on a trip, I don't know. I just am such a dreamer that I love to escape to a different world. Like I just love it. Same. And okay. So we're talking about books. We talked about your cookbooks. What, how did it happen with your first book? How did it come about? Who contacted you to say, we're going to write your book? So when I started the blog and realized that people were like writing books and making a living, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do that like instantly. And I think I even put it on my blog, probably like the third week of blog. You know, I was completely clueless. I mean, most of us were. And so within that year, I did reach out to an agent. I started working with an agent and I just, I don't know. It wasn't, she kept telling me to keep going. Wasn't really giving me any like significant um, feedback. It was kind of like, oh, just keep writing this book proposal. I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to do this because at this time, um, like my website had started making a significant income, was taking a lot of or a lot of work, and I was like, why do I even want to do this? Like, I'd rather wait. I just don't think it's the right time. And I mean, I had gone and met with her in person, and I was just like, I don't think I'm going to do this. I don't want to do it. It seems like a ton of work. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to like shelve this. So I did not even think about it. I did have places reach out to me, like agents, publishers. I mean, a lot of bloggers will tell you that any, you know, all from all different levels, um, publishers or agents will reach out to you. But it must have been, I guess, maybe in 2011. So like two or three years later, um, a more reputable agent did reach out to me. And I was like, you know, talked over with my husband and I think my parents. And I was like, well, maybe I'll consider this. And it was just a better time. I feel like I think Pinterest had started. I think my blog was a lot more well known. It had been like, I mean, this sounds so weird, but like nominated for awards. You know, it's such a different world. I feel like people that don't know that that, like this other world exists. It sounds so goofy. So it was just more well known. Um and it does take a lot of work. So, you know, I knew that I wanted to, you know, get a good enough of a deal to make it worth it for me to do this. And I wanted it to be reputable. I wasn't into self-publishing. I don't know tech stuff. I don't like know how to do anything. I feel like I'm still flying by the seat of my pants, you know, at the back end of my blog. I'm still not, you know, great at anything. So that's kind of how that first one came about. And I got to go to New York City and meet with a bunch of different publishers. And it was, I mean, truly for someone that's just so obsessed with books, like my favorite thing to do is walk into a bookstore or, you know, um, even like a Barnes and Noble, a library. It just, the warmth, like I love books so much. So that was really cool. That was probably, you know, one of the top things that I've ever got to do is go. I think I met with like 13 different publishers and like in the office, this was way before the pandemic. So, you know, nobody meets anymore. And I was like, is, is this real life? Like that was really, really cool. 
I feel like we were there with you as you're describing it. I'm like, I can feel the excitement. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it was really cool. I love that. We are so happy for you. What a dream. Every book I've either been like pregnant or having it have a baby. So my first book came out in 2014 and I had a baby two months later. And then I think I, I had a baby in late 2017 and my book came out in the spring of 2018. And then I had, I was pregnant and my third book came out in the spring of 2021. And I do have another book coming out, but I am not pregnant or... I was going to say is, do we have another baby coming along with another book? (laughs) There is another book coming. It's coming in spring of 2025, but I am not pregnant. There will not be another baby. Jessica, that's so exciting. Another book. I love it. Will you come to South Dakota and sign books? I Please would come. love to. Yes, I would love to. Especially because when my book came out in 2021, we were like really in the thick of the pandemic. So that was totally different because with my first two books, I did get to do, you know, a lot of fun book signings or cooking classes or events around it. In 2021, it was just like, oh, get on Zoom and, you know, cook. And again, no one can hear you. And like, it was just crazy. So... Well, we should let you know, you maybe know this, but the Pioneer Woman Reed Drummond does have a son that goes to school here in South Dakota at college. So maybe we need to do some kind of group meetup. I'm just throwing it out into the universe. 2006, The Secret. I'd love to. Jessica, where can our listeners find you all around the web? And we, of course, will link all of this in our show notes because we want everybody to know you and love you and follow you the way that we do. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Everything is How Sweet Eats. So my website is howsweeteats.com. And I mean, you know, that name was like a business decision in 2009 when no one thought anything would go anywhere. So, (laughs) Um, you know, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, everything. How sweet eat. I love it. Okay, Jessica, we end every show talking about something that we're loving. Um, It could be a book, a show, a food, a recipe, whatever. What are you loving this week? Okay, since we were talking about books and now since you guys like books, I recently got the Cadillac of Kindles, the Oasis, which is like the highest end Kindle. And I've had, I've, I, I was very anti Kindle, but then once I had kids, I was like, this is the only way I could read. I have no hands to hold any books. So I had the regular Kindle and I got the o- Kindle Oasis. It has buttons that you can turn the page. It is incredible. But there is this girl, she's on Instagram, has a shop. It's like page, page the shop. And I even have it here. She makes these covers that I am so obsessed with. I mean, they sell out. You have to go to Page the Shop on Instagram. It's like shimmery and shiny. My son, who's nine, he got a Kindle for Christmas. I got him a case. It is like just, they are so fun. And I have my Kindle everywhere because I'll read like in the car line, at school. Um, It's just, it's so much easier on your eyes, you know, than reading like on my phone, which I also have done on the Kindle app. And of course, I love to read a real book. But again, just with the kids, I can't, I don't always have it, you know, a real book with me. So yeah, my Kindle Oasis and this page, the shop and her covers for the Kindles oh, are incredible. I'm so influenced. So I'm going to be buying that mm-hmm. ASAP. I'm a Kindle girl as well. So I just, good. my husband bought me one last year and I'm like, I have been, what have I been doing? This is the I know. best. But the cover makes but, it I mean, even I more fun. so much more. Yeah. It does. It yes. makes it a lot of fun. Well, we read this book for our book club and I told Rachel this like 10 million times, but it was a difficult book to read. It was beautiful, but a lot of the words I didn't know. And with the Kindle, you can just click yep. on the word and it immediately populates the description. And I just I was, thought, oh, 
I was just talking about that with someone this morning and how like you can get the dictionary, like you can get the words. It's so great. So good. Okay. That is a great recommendation. What do you got, Rachel? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I was about to ask Jessica to be our third podcast. (laughs) So in your copious amounts of free time, maybe it's time to pivot into podcasting. Please please join us. We'll do a book podcast solo. (laughs) That would be amazing. Okay. Um, so girls, I have two things for you. Um, I have to do a book as well because of course that's like the vibe. So I want to go with something called the sentence, which was written by an author named Louise Erdrich and she is incredible. She's actually based out of Minneapolis where I grew up and she has an independent bookstore there called Birch Bark Books. And she is, um, an indigenous woman. She writes these really just gorgeous, delicious, powerful books that have a native perspective. And this one takes place actually during the pandemic, sort of the aftermath of the George Floyd riots. And it was such, I mean, her characters, again, are like so vibrant and so real and you just get so immersed in the story and the experience. So I just wanted to put that out there too, because that was absolutely amazing. And then I was on a girl's trip this past weekend in Arizona for literally 36 hours. And while we were there, we did Arizona goat yoga. <laughs> oh my God. And Jess, you'll appreciate this. It was a 1980s theme. So we were all oh, decked out. And I would had, love that. It was the best. We had jelly bracelets. We had leg warmers. We were dressed like Madonna with our giant mall bangs. And we had goats. We were doing yoga with baby goats. We were, you know, in our different poses. Goats were on our backs. It was one of these oh things that God. it came up. I was like, did this come up in like a fever dream or like a late Friday afternoon? A bunch of people are like, you know what? We should do yoga, but like with goats. I mean, but it was real. Yeah, like how? How did they even come up with it? Right. I don't know, but it created the most fun, wonderful memory ever. We had a total blast. So I will link it in the show notes too, but it is called Arizona Goat Yoga. And they actually have also been on America's Got Talent. On my phone, I see a picture of celebrities doing it as well. So um, link to all that. I love it. And we're going to need a picture of you in the 80s gear with a baby goat in the show notes. <laughs> Listen, I could not pull that picture up fast enough. Of course. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Gretchen Shaper. It was for her birthday. Right, Rachel? Happy birthday, Gretchen. Happy birthday, Gretchen. We love you. Okay. Okay, how about you, honey? What do you got? Okay, mine is a podcast. Um, I listened to this podcast called The Skinny Confidential, the Him and Her Show. And I've been listening for a really long time. And sometimes it's really inappropriate. So I just have to like throw that out there. But they, I just love it. They own it. They know it. Um, but I just listened to this one and it made me buy the book. Um, and so I'm, I hope I'm going to pronounce this guy's name right. His name is Dr. Michael Gervais. And the title of the podcast is How to Stop Worrying About What Other People Think of You and Start Showing Up for Yourself. I have that in my queue to listen to. Oh, I have it ready. Jessica. Like, I, I haven't listened to it yet, but. Oh my gosh. We re- you really are the third best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I'm like, I need to listen to this. This sounds. Oh my right gosh. It was so good, Jessica. And it made me buy his book. And his book is called The First Rule of Mastery. Stop worrying about what people think of you. And so I just queued it up. I bought it. It's like, I think it's fresh off the presses because I could only buy the hardcover, which I usually don't do. I couldn't even get the Kindle version of it, but I didn't want to wait. So I bought it. I can't recommend it yet because I haven't read it, but I'm very excited to get my hands on it. But the podcast itself was just chef's kiss. Mm. So can't wait to listen. Yes. Jessica, how can we thank you? (laughs) Thank you guys so much. This This was so fun. This was so fun. You just gave us a giant dopamine hit because we just, I feel like on cloud night, that was so fun. Despite our audio issues at the beginning. Yeah. Thank you for hanging in. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) We just love you dearly and we wish you the best. And we are so excited that we got to be with you today. This was so special and so fun. Don't be surprised if we show up at one of your book signings in 2025. Super normal. (laughs) 
will be awesome. Yes. Okay. Well, have a great day. Thank you again. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Isn't It Lovely? If you love what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe by clicking on our show in your favorite podcast app and following the prompts. You can download all of our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on our website at www.isitnotlovely.com. And we are also on Instagram and our handle is Is It Not Lovely Podcast. Keep looking for the lovely in all things. Thanks for listening.